Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. The ecstasy of a 52-21 win over the Panthers last Thursday carried us through the Sunday devoid of Steelers football. That and the Titans' 34-10 dismantling of the Patriots. <laughs> I know Schottenfreude is not pretty, but it is a human reality. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, November 12, 2018, episode 65. This is Tom in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. Happy Veterans Day weekend. Yesterday marked the 100th anniversary of the World War I armistice. You won't get that kind of information from any other NFL podcast, I bet. That's right. We give you hard-hitting data from current centuries and past ones. We got it all here for you. Hey, so we uh, have a special treat this week. We're going to we're going to do a little bit of look back to the last game, but we rarely get to do a look forward to what is going to be a critical game. Every game here is critical for the Steelers, obviously, but we have a score to settle next week. We do. The Steelmen will be playing the newly hated Jacksonville Jaguars a little, uh, this week in Jacksonville. So we'll have uh, plenty to talk about as far as that goes. We get a rare opportunity to preview a game for you guys. So that's coming up a little bit later in the show. But just real quick, we did want to look back at uh, maybe not so much at the Steelers-Panthers game itself, but maybe some of the aftermath instead. So as you said, Schottenfreude, I got to disagree. I revel it when it comes to the when it comes to NFL action, Patriots pain is my happiness. Same goes to the Bengals. Same goes to the Jaguars. If the Steelers aren't playing, the game I'm, I'll usually watch or try and tune into is, you know, one of the teams I hate to hope to see them lose because it's almost as good as a Steelers victory. And it, it was beautiful seeing them go down. So as a result of that Patriots loss, surprise, surprise. Pittsburgh Steelmen find ourselves in second place overall in the AFC playoff picture right behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to edit this part out because you caught me and I don't have anything to say about that. You don't have to edit it out. I can just keep talking for hours. I'm sure people will enjoy that. Look, I actually do have something to say about that. We uh, so how strong are we? I looked at ESPN's power rankings. They have the Steelers fourth. That so, seems like a, it was good to read, but it seems like a bridge too far for this team. It does. And it's not out of the question, but I view the NFL like this. We've been saying there's four power teams at the top of the NFL that are kind of leaps and bounds in front of everybody throughout this whole year. The Kansas City Chiefs, New Orleans Saints, 
the LA Rams and the new England Patriots. Well, the Patriots just got shellacked by the Titans. And if history shows us anything, it doesn't really matter because Bill Belichick and Brady, they're going to get that Patriots team revving um, by the playoffs. You're not going to play them. It's the Patriots. It's the same thing as usual. I will say though, that this team has shown some cracks in the armor throughout the course of the season that we haven't seen before, including a real timidness from, from Tom Brady. He, he's, uh, he's trying to avoid hits these days more than he used to. And there are reports that his arms not looking quite as strong as it has, um, in the past few years, which is to be expected. He's 68 years old and he freaking refuses to retire. So just end it already, Brady. But that being said, I, I do, I probably categorize the Patriots just barely outside of that top four. So you kind of have the big three with the just monster unstoppable offenses with the genius offensive coordinators with the saints, the chiefs and the Rams. And then I think the Patriots are just outside of that. And then I think the Steelers are planted firmly still in that group right outside. But I think they, they obviously distance themselves a little bit from the Panthers this week. And then the Steelers and the chargers are kind of, you know, you could coin flip between the two of them, but that win against Carolina, like I said, you're not going to get a huge blowout every time, but the Steelers, I mean, what a convincing win. And that definitely proved a lot to a lot of people. So it doesn't surprise me that the national media is putting them that high. I did a little analysis. I think one of the, one of the narratives of this season and seasons past is that it takes a while for the Steelers to get out of the starting gate. And I looked at offensive and defense, offensive production, and what would you call defense? Defensive destruction for the last yeah. five years. Offensively, the Steelers are on, are on an uptick. Four years ago, 2014, the Steelers had 4,000 offensive yards at this point in the season. And from there, it declined 4,000, 3,800, dropping to 3,300 yards in 2016, and down again last year to 3,200 yards. This year, we're back up to 2000, to sort of the 2015 standard. We have about 3,800 offensive yards. Defensively, this is really interesting. We, uh, we've actually been getting worse <laughs> over the last four years. Hitting a high of 4,200 yards allowed last year. We've only allowed 3,000, which is the best since 2013. So That's I'm a, not sure how to read that. I mean, we, we, we complain about the defense incessantly, but as you pointed out in, a, in episodes before, no defense is going to be good anymore. It's not set up for that. It's set up for three point shots. Yeah. So you could argue, of course, like in those studies, you're not seeing who are the Steelers playing in those first four weeks. Cause obviously a lot of your yards that you're going to surrender are going to be against those top tier quarterbacks and they might fall in different places in the schedule. I mean, for this, for instance, here we got Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, and and Drew Brees, and uh, three out of four weeks later in the season. But I do think it it is substantial because this year, I mean, it looked like such a disaster after Kansas City. And don't don't get me wrong, the Steelers were horrific on defense against Kansas City. But after a few weeks went by, you and we saw how unbelievable the Chiefs are on offense. It, it seemed a little bit less. Uh, depressing, but also the Steelers, they've gotten better on defense where they've been very solid and there's less of these 12 men on the field penalties and assignment breakdowns. So they've definitely gotten better. And I'll say this, they haven't played Tom Brady or anybody yet, but they haven't played any bad quarterbacks after Tyrod Taylor either. Really? 
Um, even, you know, Fitzpatrick's putting up huge numbers and Dalton and Flacco, you can say what you want about them, but they're solid quarterbacks. who know, the Steelers. And then of course, you know, really owning Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. I mean, that's pretty substantial. So the defense has been playing well this year and the offense has been much more solid. Last year was kind of marked by the inability to hit the deep ball and our offensive reliance on that. Well, this year, the Steelers haven't been able to hit the deep ball until this game with the Panthers, where I think Ben has knocked off the Saran wrap on that. But the feet master, I think, has really been the difference. This unbelievable 75% plus red zone efficiency has made an enormous difference and just better, smarter play calling on third down, particularly on third and short, where he's not overthinking it, trying to get tricky with sweeps and bombs all the time. So I think that's where the difference is. And the Steelers do heat up in the second half. So that's why I have even more optimism for this team because they're playing well. And I think they're going to keep playing better. And I just want to let the listening audience know we're still experiencing technical difficulties and we're recording this through Skype. So Nick, you, you don't notice this, but you are a little garbled. Hopefully that comes out in the final transmission and I can edit that. Um, I'd like to look at the other side of the ball and Keith Butler. What's interesting to me is we lost, we rost, uh, we rost, Ryan. We rost him. <laughs> but there is a, you know, a noticeable improvement on defense, and you can attribute that to maybe the schedule. But I look back five years, over five years, that that's a good enough sample size to think you yeah. have definitely improved. I'm going to look specifically to Mike Hilton. I'm going to look to Sean Davis, who's gone from under the bar to maybe at the bar. I mean, significant yeah. problems we had in the past and you know, the, the loan, not the loan, but the main weakness is already burns and they're starting to remedy that. I have to say, Cody Sensabaugh is approaching the bar. So I think the defense has actually improved. I do too. I mean, obviously that comes with the caveat of, of not having Ryan Shazier and a superstar like that, but they're definitely more consistent because those those uh, assignment breakdowns have been one of the biggest plagues of the Steelers besides lack of talent over the past few years. And if you're not super talented, you really can't afford those assignment breakdowns. And it looks like they've kind of cleaned that up this year. I'd say that's probably the theme. And the point you make about Sean Davis is good. We don't hear his name called a lot during games. We don't. Uh, one of the other problems that the Steelers have besides the assignment breakdowns and just general lack of talent, uh, lack of ability to draft well, particularly in the first round has played this team, but it was giving teams free 50 yard bombs and these huge chunk plays. Well, they've eliminated those and they've eliminated some of the uh, communication breakdowns and that's made the defense better for sure. So I agree. They're looking good right now and the team has an identity. And I think that on often on, on offense, it really, you know, for all the fanfare about Ben and the skill positions, of course, it's a given that those guys are what makes the team go, but the identity has really been forged by this offensive line and they've obviously been good for years now, but I think that last year they had some struggles establishing the run. That is not the case this year. They're looking great. And on defense, it's um, just sort of that, that, uh, that consistency and in, in organization, which is taking an uptick. So uh, can we look ahead to next week? Yeah, we can look we ahead. Uh, um, Oh, just one thing before we move on. I just want to give a note. And so the Steelers are the second seed in the AFC. Do I think the Steelers will end the season that way? Of course, I think it's possible. I mean, nobody gets hotter than the Steelers. They've, they've gone seven and one, like four years in a row over the, over the second half of the season. And 
Anytime they didn't go seven and one, it was six and two. So of course I think they can do it. That being said, the only reason why I, I don't really know if that will last that long is just because the Steelers schedule is brutal going forward. I mean, obviously Jacksonville is on a delightful five game slide right now, but playing that game in Jacksonville, it's going to be tough as hell. I mean that it's a real rivalry now after what happened last year. And I'm actually almost glad that that's the position they're in because I don't think the Steelers are going to overlook this game. Like they have such a tendency to do with away games at one o'clock, but you got Jacksonville, then you have Denver and mile high. Okay. You should definitely win that game, but you know, traveling a mile high isn't super easy. And then you have a four game stretch of the Los Angeles chargers, who I think are basically the Steelers equal right now, just outside that upper echelon. And then you have this uh, like, high school team called the Oakland Raiders or something like that. That's not really a big deal, but the Raiders worry me because of how bad they are. It would be Steelers to lose to them, right? I think they'll take care of business, but you got the chargers, you got the Patriots, and then you got the saints. And then of course you have to end against Cincinnati and these other teams like the Patriots, they still get the bills and the jets multiple times. The tech, games, but they don't have to play three of the top five teams like the Steelers do. So that's the only reason why I think it might be tough to, to get that second seed, but I do think it's possible. Anyways, that, I just wanted to wrap that up kind of with my overview of where the Steelers are in the standings, but man, they're really putting themselves in a good position here, winning these games um, to kind of maybe give them a cushion. If you drop one or two in that three game brutal stretch. Yeah. A good point. I think uh, what we're looking at is a Jacksonville team that is ripe for the picking. As you pointed out, they're three and six, five game losing streak. What a surprise. Yes. They are the 26, 22nd ranked offense. They just lost, or they're, I'm sorry, 22nd ranked offensive line to start with. And they just lost their center, Brian Lidner. Why are you, you're laughing? You're smiling. More it makes me you. so happy. He's lost. I hate them so much. And Lidner was ranked first among centers in pass blocking, second among all blockers in the NFL. So, uh, so we have an offensive line that was, Marginal to begin with, just lost their all-pro center. Their offense is 29th in points per game at 17 or 18 nice. points a game. But their their defense is 10th in points per game at 22. Look, this does not look like a team that should be difficult for Steelers other than the said uh, previously said rivalry. So here's – those are the numbers, and those definitely tell a story. Let me give you guys a little context um, from afar, obviously on, on what's happened to Jacksonville and how the mighty who were basically should have been in the super bowl. If they didn't blow the end of that game to new England in the championship, how they have fallen so far. Well, it all starts with the, the culprit we know, right? It starts with Blake Bortles because when they were losing games early in the season, the Jacksonville offense was putting their defense in a horrible position by constantly going three and out which makes you lose the field position game. And then of course, turning the ball over also their, their bell cow Leonard Fournette has been out most of the season and, and their game is basically Leonard Fournette is drum Bettis for them. I mean, the guy, he's not going to average four yards a carry. He's going to have to play against a really stacked box because he doesn't get the benefit of a good passing game. And they're just going to run them 30 times a game. And eventually they're going to wear the other team down. 
and hopefully play ball control so that they can move the ball a little bit, score one touchdown and a couple field goals and put their defense in good positions. Well, they didn't have that guy, right? So they weren't able to lean on him. And then now that Bortles the past few games has been a little bit more under control and not turning the ball over, but just, it's just check down after check down. I mean, and, and, and it's putting their defense in bad situations and they're, and also it's just the, the year of offense in the NFL. So sometimes you play against these great defenses and, and even these great defenses can't do much if their offense isn't keeping up. So they, at the same time, have everybody back on defense. They're super talented. They're going to be very angry. They hate the Steelers. They're at home. It's obviously tough to go on the road. So I don't think that we're going to see a 52-point outburst by the Steelers. But you're right. I mean, the Steelers are the better team. That's for sure. And we the should be question- glad that Landry Jones isn't starting for them because that would be an upgrade. <laughs> at least he throws downfield. It is. Uh the question is whether the extra time off helps or hurts the Steelers. You and I seem to have talked about before, and this seems to be sort of the sweet spot, right? Not two weeks, not two weeks to just sit back and Ben is attracted to the cheese doodles again and falls yes. back into his old evil ways, yes. but he's got to show up and um, enough time to rest, let the bangs and bruises heal, right? but enough time to get ready for the game. Yeah, and enough time to game plan significantly for this team. Listen, Jacksonville, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, it's just power run. Fournette will be back. And then bootlegs were just fake handoffs. And then they basically throw 15 screens a game or screens or little check downs to the running backs. And then Blake Bortles tries to get a couple 15-yard runs, which he can get on you. Well, the Steelers' defensive ends did a great job. Well, the edge rushers, I guess, did a great job of containing Cam Newton last week. So I think it actually serves them well just having played a really mobile quarterback. And Blake Bortles is one of those surprisingly mobile dudes. So I I like that they'll – and I think that they'll be prepared for that element about them. So I, li- I like the well, days off. And you're right. One two of the weeks things is like too long, but this seems fine to me. I, I think one of the elements that really added to that game was the fact that the defensive line and uh, edge rushers were getting at it. I mean, this is this is sort of unheralded and, and slowly emerging. We've always looked at Cam Hayward, but two, it's starting to get back there. Uh, German, jeez, oh, please, Dave please on. get names. I can, yes. <laughs> get names I can pronounce. Yeah, so there's a lot of pressure on the quarterback, which is going to be key to beating Brady, and which is what happened to him in the right. uh, loss this weekend. No, that's a good point. That the 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 defensive line and edge rushers were getting a great push and penetration last week against Cam Newton, and a lot of that was thanks to the fact that the Steelers were playing from ahead. If you think back to all those awesome Peyton Manning led Indianapolis Colts team, they were constructed in this particular way where their defense did not have a lot of talent, but they had these two unbelievable edge rushers in Freeney and Mathis. And they basically built the team like this. Okay, Peyton, we're going to give you all the money in the world to stack you up on offense. And we're going to make sure that you're scoring points every week. So if you're scoring points, the opposing offenses are going to have to try and take it to the skies in order to keep up with you. Well, when you make a team one dimensional like that, and you know that they're going to have to be passing the ball, it allows your rushers to kind of pin their ears back, try and jump snap counts, and, and they don't have to worry so much about the other team running the ball. So if we want to talk keys to the game, 
you know, piece of the game. I, I might sound, uh, you know, like a broken record here, and maybe like I'm being one dimensional, but this is the truth. If you watch the Jaguars, the key to the game all revolves around making Blake Bortles beat you. Okay. So there are two big ways that I, I've identified the way that you do that, right? The first way is starting fast. We're going to keep saying that about the Steelers all year. We know that this is the, the good year of our offensive Lord and the football gods have bestowed this upon the NFL where you need to score points and the Steelers offense, as well as the defense has been playing. The Steelers offense needs to lead the way and score points. Well, it's even more important against Blake Bortles because like I said about Joe Flacco, you know, that, Jaguars offense is not meant to come back and score touchdowns and droves and pass the ball down the field. They're at their best when they get to run the ball and they have to make you respect the run so that they can throw play actions. Don't let them get there. And then they have no chance of winning games because the guy just simply can't do it. And they don't have the weapons for it really. So that's, that's my first key to the game. Start fast. And then my second key to the game, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody who watched either one of the Jaguars games last year is no turnovers. Do not turn the ball over or at least win the turnover battle because letting Blake Bortles beat you. If you give him freebies, if you only make him drive 50 yards down the field or 10 yards, like it was last year, then he can do that. Any offense can do that. You got to make this guy go 75 yards every drive and see if he can do that three or four times in a game. Cause he won't be able to do it. So those are my two first big ones in terms of keys of the game. Before you get to the rest of them, I was just checking our account on my bookie. We were up 50% for the season. And you know why we're up 50% for the season? Why? Because we bet on the Steelers. We're betting men, but we focus on what we know. And as we've said, we can't predict the scores. We just have faith. Right now, the Steelers are favored by six over the Jags. Ah, even six. And uh, we'll look at the prop bets later, but we will continue in a consistent, sort of like an investment. You invest consistently, you buy and you hold. We're buying and holding the Steelers right now. We'll take it. Love it. We know what we, we, we bet on what we know. What we know is winning Super Bowls. Six of them. Count them. On the way to seven, baby. Let's go. Steel, man. Ah, it's a joy. And you know what we bet with or who we bet with? We bet with my bookie because my bookie offers betters in all major markets an entertaining lineup of gaming options. They let you do prop bets. They let you bet on fantasy and uh, maybe like over-unders on games. They let you bet on individual players so you can bet on the game within the game. So it kind of gives you some variety in what you can do, which is nice. They also offer a plethora of major bonuses, including welcome offers, reloads, and cashbacks. So they got a bunch of different promotions up there. If you take a look at the site, it'll show you that. Remember to use our promo code, Outpost25. Outpost25. Outpost25 to, to do that when you're on that site. You can use their mobile site. It's super easy to navigate with, and they got customer service with actual people who you can talk to on a telephone or a cellular device, whatever you want to do. So there's a ton of different uh, things that they offer for you guys. We've read them many times, and we are using them to great success, so I can't recommend them enough. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And if you use our promo code, Outpost25, 
Outpost 25. Then my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, dude. Visit mybookie.ag online today and don't forget to use that promo code Outpost 25. Outpost 25. Outpost 25 when creating your account to claim up to one grand in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. Nobody's amused by that little echo, so we're gonna that'll be the last time we do that. No, it won't. Let's go back to the keys of the game. I think we have one more, and you said don't play to the Jags' strengths. Do they have a strengths right now? They do. I know you can't just look at stats on a you know, it's the NFL. People upset other teams all the time and all of the exact same talent is there on the defensive side of the ball. So they're insanely talented. And like I said, we're, we're playing them on the road and they beat us twice at home last year. And sometimes there's weird matchups with different teams. So nobody should underestimate this Jaguars team. I think it's going to be a very close game, but when I say don't play the Jacksonville Jaguars strengths, I'm looking at you, turd Haley, Todd turd, Wherever you are, poor bastard. I shouldn't take advantage of him right now. Kicking him while he's down. He's on a couch somewhere. Couldn't even coach for the Browns. Don't exactly agree with that decision. But anyways, they look a lot better without him. So what do I know? What I mean by that is in both games against the Jaguars last year, the offensive game plan seemed to not have anything to do with our opponent. So the only big weakness they had last year and they still have a bit of weakness with this now is a power run game up the middle, which Le'Veon Bell had a lot of success with something that they're very good at is defending the edges because they are fast as hell. Their middle linebackers have wide receiver speed. Um, and Haley just kept doing those halfback tosses and he started the playoff game with like three consecutive wide receiver screens that plays exactly into their hands. You can't do stuff like that. And I do not think the feet master is going to fall for that trap because he's been doing a great job of attacking defense's weaknesses. For instance, when the Steelers converted all those third downs a couple weeks ago against the Ravens, the Ravens were going up to the line and playing press man on them the whole time. When you play press man, you're basically saying, okay, my guy's going to cover your guy. Well, when we have a big monster child like Juju Smith Schuster in the slot, not many dinky little slot corners are going to be able to cover the guy. So you saw Ben complete, you know, three or four easy slants to him over the middle. So, and then the next week, the Panthers prepare for those slants and the Steelers ran different routes over top of them or running in between. So I like having feet master here this game. Cause I thought Haley's worst performances were against the Jaguars uh, that, that year. You have a prediction. I do. I think it's going to be a close game. You know, I I don't know what to give you in terms of uh, of an actual score. It just sometimes the Steelers keep these scoring barrages on for two weeks straight. Uh, maybe I'm being a, a little harsh on them, but I'm gonna say the Steelers win twenty seven. Nope, twenty four to seventeen. I'm gonna stick with with on the, what's on the paper. I think the Jaguars are gonna think that this is their season, even though it's already over. Yeah. I actually think it's going to be much, much better than that. And better, I mean more points. I think the Steelers are going to win this 42 to 17. I think the momentum continues. I think the revenge, the feeling for revenge, the taste of blood in the mouth is strong. And Steelers will respond with an overwhelming victory. I wouldn't be shocked, to to, to be honest with you, because 
there's a ton of infighting going on 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 the Jaguars right now. Jalen Ramsey tweeting about how you'll they'll miss him when he's gone. I'm like, dude, that turned around quick. You were super cocky, and now you're already talking about leaving. If you do leave, uh, it would be really cool if you played opposite of Joe Hayden. I don't know. I mean, he's a douche, but he's a good douche. But uh, yeah, uh, let's hope Not that Joe gets... Hayden. Joe Hayden is. And an actual saint. He is definitely not a dude. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey, on the other hand, yeah. he's got a lot of personality. Right. In a good way. That's what you want in a cornerback. All right. Well, we said we get out of here early. We just want to give it this little preview. And uh, once again, we're looking for some input. So we love your feedback. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Send us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. We got this game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. So until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. 
And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. 